Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to Remote Controlled Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On this week's episode, we've got a 24 Legacy special. We're talking executive producers Manny Cotto and Evan Katz, as well as series stars Kari Hawkins and Jimmy Smits. So stay tuned. I'm Deborah Birnbaum, executive editor of TV at Variety, and it's my pleasure to welcome Manny Cotto and Evan Katz, the executive producers of 24, to this week's podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Thanks so much for interrupting the production of the show to do this. (laughs) That is actually our greatest pleasure. (laughs) Really, taking a break from the production of the show. You know, if 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 you don't come to work on Saturday, don't bother coming on Sunday. That's right. So let's start at the beginning. Why make the decision to reboot 24? Well, it, it, you know, what's interesting is we've, we've been asked that question, and, and it's, it, it's, what's curious about it is that it kind of, we never really made that decision in the way it's kind of in, intended. And what I mean is, we, no one asked us to reboot 24. It was, it was really, we had an idea. There was an idea that, that, that kind of uh, fermented, and uh, it was based on, you know, the, the original uh, uh, killing of, of bin Laden and uh, stories that, that, that were in the press about, you know, the soldiers who did this tremendous act were then had to kind of go into hiding. And then, uh, uh, I mean, I remember at one point, one of them was, was asking, you know, the FBI, what do I do now? I was a soldier. I did this heroic thing. What am I supposed to do for the rest of my life? And I think the reply is, well, we can get you a job as a truck driver. And so that right there was a great idea. I mean, I was just seizing on that, like six guys who were under, you know, who had, who had done this thing and killed this, this terrorist, Bin Khalid, and now had to kind of, you know, hide with their families under the, and living under this, this tension, this umbrella of danger. Uh, but it kind of had to go to these, you know, kind of uh, normal lives after having done this thing. No one knows what they did. And then you know, the next idea from there is what if, one by one, they were being killed off? And that led to a you know a larger conspiracy. Well, this was this was an idea that we had you know we had fermented and, and we originally it was it was for another series. We thought right. it was great. We'll make this another series. We had finished Live Another Day. Kiefer wasn't coming back. It was pretty clear. Uh, so we're like, well, we'll make another thriller. Uh, but as we talked about it, it became pretty obvious that this was a great real time concept. Uh, that this would energize, be much more energetic, and we said, "Well, right. why not make it a 24? And I think it may have been Howard who who suggested, "Hey, let's let's do this as 24." And so we went into the so we went into the studio and pitched it, and they're like, "Okay, try it, you know, try, try it. it." It wasn't it wasn't like we need a sequel. It was or, or a spinoff. It was more like, "Oh, okay, give it a whirl." And fortunately, the the script turned out well. Everybody was happy with it, and slow, it was one of these things that just slowly the train yeah. just slowly you know got faster and faster down the tracks, and here we are. You know, we and we came up with this character, which was really the greatest challenge. You know, to have it not be Jack Bauer, but but have it also be someone who ultimately needs to have some of the qualities of Jack Bauer, and, but be very different and fresh. And we came up with the character very Carter and. You well, what was good is the idea itself suggested a character. Right. By definition, right. he had to be younger. He had to be a military guy. He, this guy is not... Jack Bauer's a CTU agent when we first met him. Right. This guy ain't. This guy is a soldier and lives in a different world, is used to different rules, black and white. Just point me in the direction to where I shoot. You know, uh, give me my orders. This is what I follow. But now he's got to enter a world, you know, in CTU where it is gray. You don't know who the bad guys are necessarily. The bad guys might be someone you're working for. Uh, and so, in many ways, the season is the education of a, a CTU agent, someone who's in, who's in, you know, me, introduced into this world and has to uh, navigate his way through it as best he can. 24 has been so defined by the existence of Jack Bauer. So how do you approach reinventing 24 without a Jack Bauer in it? 
you make sure you have a character who uh, is different enough, who is and genuinely different, not you know uh, just a different age, but comes from a different background and has different problems. You know, when you met Jack Bauer, he had family problems. He was a veteran of this, and you could tell he was you know burdened. And you know, in this case, as Manny said, it, it, you, a, a clear character was suggested by his situation as well. You know, back home, wrestling with things. We gave him an intact but comp, you know relationship under some kind of stress, and and uh, you know everything sort of clicked. I think ultimately when we realized he, you know, he grew up in the hood, and part of what defined his character was his ability and his desire to get out of that, but that he still had connections back there with his brother and i think that was like the final yeah. kind of pin that set and when you went oh got it i got this guy. you know we, we never really did this thinking wow how can we do jack bauer we just had this story which we thought was really cool and these characters that kind of you know suggested them as the stories come to life these characters appear you know uh, and so it became it's kind of its own thing and so it was what, what i like about it is that we never consciously right sat down and said well how can we create uh, you know another character Jack another Bauer? Hero. this was yeah. just a suggested by a cool idea that grew into this naturally thank god uh and so um one of the great uh it's great fun when people who many people who've seen the pilot you know don't even mention jack bauer they seem to be, you know, it seems at least in the pilot, <laughs> we'll see the rest of the episodes right. work, but at least in the pilot, it seems that people just get swept up in the story and are caught up with Eric Carter, Corey Hawkins, and uh, and are like, well, I just want to watch this. Yeah, I mean, Corey really, you know, owned the character very quickly, and he brings this young, fresh, compassionate, uh, earnest uh, thing to it, which is different. It's just different, and and he, I think, really successfully inhabited it and made it his own. And you kind of hopefully go through it and go, I'm thinking about Eric Carter, of course. Yeah. So it comes down to casting. Talk about the decision of casting Corey. How did you find him? What was it all about Corey in the beginning? There, uh, yes, but you know, we didn't write with anyone in mind. We were, you know, we we came up with this character, and our casting director saw us straight out of Compton and. We're married, and 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 called and said, "I got not, you guy. not Corey and Evan." He's talking about the casting, the director. casting director, <laughs> and she said, "Got your guy." And Manny and I watched straight out of Compton. We we're like, mm, "This maybe this is the guy," and he was in um, either Australia or Vietnam shooting Kong, and uh, we got him the script and we skyped, and he said, "This is great. I want to do it." Uh, it was bizarre. And that was the last easy thing that happened on this show. <laughs> yeah. From there, we it thought it was, well, this is yeah. going to be easy. Right, right. If only. <laughs> so there was a, it was a beautiful confluence of things. And then how did you build the world around him? You've got a fantastic cast. So talk about bringing in someone like Miranda Otto. You know, one of the things that the format of 24 gives you is, aside from real time, is CTU. And we have a guy... Eric Carter, who's trying to be comfortable with not being a soldier. And, you know, Rebecca is someone who's kind of not quite comfortable not being director of CTU anymore. And uh, Miranda had just come off Homeland and was extremely powerful and extremely talented actress. And also, you know, married to a presidential candidate from very different place from Carter. And, you know, because of this op, they have this bond of trust that will grow as the series continues. I mean, again, the story suggested these characters. I mean, for example, when you had a squad of six uh, army rangers being picked off one by one, I mean, they probably had a handler, someone who, you know, handled the mission. Uh, And so it became natural that why not make this person the, you know, a female and make her the head of CTU who ran the mission is now at, you know, was director of CTU. So it became so because you needed once they found out what was happening, you needed someone to call and say, this is happening. You know, we got to do something. And so that character suggested it. Her, you know, that her Miranda Otto's character became part of the plot just by organically uh, developing the plot further. And then we, because in 24, we usually have, you know, we always have an upstairs, downstairs. We didn't want to do, you know, ye old president in the Oval Office. So we thought, would it be fun to do a, a candidate, a presidential candidate who's running for office and who is uh, who is in the midst of an, uh, you know, an election, a bruising election? And uh, 
Sounds and familiar. Sounds familiar, <laughs> yes. And uh, I think a lot of people right now would vote for Jimmy Smith. Yes. <laughs> I would. He, uh, and, and, um, and, 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 you know, he was, he was, he, Jimmy's an interesting guy. He, we had, I think, four or five meetings with him in various combinations of Howard, Manny, and I, Manny, and I, Howard, and him. And just as he kind of slowly kind of listened, didn't say much, and decided to trust us, and then said, okay. And I had to buy him a lot of Cuban cigars. There's a lot of Cuban cigars. <laughs> there's a lot of Cuban cigars. Lot of Cuban would, cigars. He would smoke, cigar? I bought him like a $40 cigar, and he would smoke like an inch of it. Manny. And then breeze off after the meeting. Manny. Thank you. And then to me, it's like tragedy. I'm looking at it like, this right. came all the way from Cuba and you didn't smoke the whole thing? I smoked these things down to the last leaf. I mean, I'm just like literally. You, you, you took a sip from a $1,000 bottle of wine. Basically. Tragic. Um, but he signed on. So that was that's all that go. matters. And how does this affect? I mean, you probably start obviously started writing this before we had a Trump presidency. Now we've got a Trump presidency. Has that changed your perspective at all as you're writing this? Not really. Um, we had, you know, we always toyed with the idea of having, you know, uh, the person that Jimmy was running against be a Trumpish individual. But we really haven't, you know, explored it too much. It just, uh, it's really not about the election. You know, I'm saying that it, it's really more about what, what's important is what the what the events that are taking place, how they impact uh, Jimmy's uh, character and his aspirations to become president. So it's not really about the mechanics of the election so much. We also we also really we, we really try to never directly comment on politics. I mean it's it's you want people who are watching the show to be involved with the show, not kind of distanced and thinking, oh is this about this and oh is this about this. Sometime in the past we have almost accidentally mirrored current events. Like in season two we had a trumped up war against a, a Middle Eastern country where oil was at at stake and you know but it was really an independent thought and and we really want people watching the show to be able to just be involved in that world and not not think about you know what's going on so you've got some familiar characters from 24 we, i've read that tony almeida will be back is that true that mm, is watched his dailies this morning that is true he's I terrific will, it's so great to have him back i warn you he has a beard <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> there will be facial More hair. importantly, he's a cigar smoker, and he actually finishes the cigars I give him. <laughs> he does. He's a, he's he a great guy. He smokes them all the way down to the end. We've, been, we've remained uh, friends with him over the years, and uh, it was a thing in the back of, of our minds. It was, if we were going to bring someone back, it would be him. We haven't seen yeah, him Yeah, we thought, we, you know, because last year, you know, we, we, did, we had done Jack and, and Chloe, and we, it just felt right yeah. that the person we'd want to bring in this year would be Almeida. But we wanted to bring him in. We don't want to bring them at the beginning. We want we want this cast to kind of take over their their parts. We don't want to look like we're bringing in you know a crutch. That's not what we're doing. We always we, we had a really cool idea for him on how to bring him in, which you will see. We wanted to be organic and fun at the same time, and it's worked out quite well. He's pretty 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 terrific, just pretty terrific great. as he always yeah. was. And you know, interfacing with the new people—that's really the key. Yeah, you know, and and what that looks like. Talk about the new CTU. I'm assuming there'll be a mole in the CTU. It's a familiar <laughs> <laughs> landmark yeah. of Well, here's what, of one 24. of the things we do. I mean, we, you know, we tease. I mean, yes, there's the, the mole. But, uh, the, you know, we what we try to do is put a spin on the old concept. Right. So maybe there's a mole and maybe there is. I mean, we, we definitely play with that. And, he, again, uh, it's, it's inherent in the idea. Uh, because if these guys are being taken out one by one, uh, there is, by na- by definition, some kind of conspiracy. Kind of leak. Somebody leaked the information. So basically, the mole and this year was baked into the concept. Right. So we have to play. We had to play with that, and and we actually, I mean, enjoy playing. And you know, it's fun. One of the fun things about this year's CTU is uh, that this is National CTU headquarters. I mean, the, the the other CTUs we've seen, and this isn't. I mean, it's a small you know thing, but I mean, we, I kind of think it's kind of cool. This is you know the other CTU were you know were were branch offices, field offices, and this is the national. CTU headquarters, so it's the it's the nexus, the, you know, the center of of, there are of where very, all the very happens. very very big screens, big screens, and a lot more flashing lights, <laughs> and more people walking to and fro as if they know what they're doing. Very exciting, it's very important. Well, technology has changed a lot, so you've got more yeah. toys to play with. That's right. Yeah, I, we were always a little uh, uh, ambitious with our technology. We we're always a little. Uh, um, you know, we had the the idealist the the ideal version of whatever technology was out there, and. And uh, we're trying to do the same thing. Just Although, like, what I, you know, most people, you know, you talk to in the in the uh, 
in the whatever in, you know in counterterrorism. I remember I don't remember who it was. Maybe Howard. Somebody asked him. He said, is, is, or "Is what we do realistic?" And basically, he said, "Yes, only just a lot faster." Right. That's basically the change. But uh, we're basically you know it's not it's not science fiction. How much research do you do? Not too much. I mean, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the times we make stuff up and then check it out and then right. adjust accordingly. Right. We also, um, we're also attuned to. We just, you know, we we do our own research. We're in that world. We we read, you know. we read the news also. You know, we're we're you know very aware of what's going on in the world. You mentioned, of course, that the show is done in real time, but this is the first time you're doing 12 episodes into 24 instead of 24. How does that adjust your storytelling? Is that helping you, hurting you? Well, actually, we did it in London. We did it in the previous incarnation. Live Another Day was 12 episodes. And so what we did was we just did it real time. It was basically the same show, uh, same format of the show, real time episodes. And we did a time jump somewhere that make it 24 hours. And uh, I think that's what we're doing now. Um, well, I, it is. It I is know that's what we're doing, doing now. We're doing real time episodes. The same. It's the same exact format as the previous series. Only at some point in the season, we will be jumping twelve, 12 hours between acts to between make episodes, it uh, to make it twenty four. Sure Are people sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> someone goes to the bathroom. Uh, someone actually gets yes, to eat a meal. Exactly. They, you know, it's, they it's a rush common off. misconception. <laughs> people are always eating and going to the bathroom. It's just when the other characters are on screen. <laughs> Will you be planting Easter eggs, you know, for the twenty-four diehard fans? <laughs> there's a couple. couple. There's one. All, you know, there's couple. a couple here and there. Yes, absolutely. We don't want to distract or make people feel like they have to know what came before, which they do not. That's the good thing about this season is that, and, and actually, twenty-four. Most seasons were like that. You could start it fresh. I think that's one of the reasons twenty-four uh, succeeded so well is that you didn't have to know the backstory of the previous seasons. Each each season was its own contained story in many ways so you could pick it up and, and watch and this season even more so it's its own story anybody can jump in and watch it from the beginning and not have to have watched anything of 24 of course but looking back over all those seasons of 24 what did you learn from them that you're bringing to this season well we're talking 200 episodes worth of of, of lessons um you internalize had a had a tell stories that, that appear to be in real time um, I, I, you know you internalize what balance between character and suspense needs to be there you know there's also in some ways the burden of 200 episodes and that we want to make sure we don't repeat ourselves unnecessarily um, it's also amazing how much how much we forget yeah. We end up making the same mistakes, mistakes every yeah. season. <laughs> yes, that we is did. True. I mean, like in, in certain, in a couple of you know, transitions are extremely important. You forget how yeah. it's very important to keep things uh, clear to the audience by, or, in, in many ways, just the ordering of scenes, Ad- making uh, you know adjacent so, stories. Adjacent. So it's interesting uh, that you know even we ran into some you know early challenges with that and just stuff that we were like, wait a minute, we should have known that we wrote right. the previous twenty four. So so it, it's amazing how you know in many ways every time you t- you sit down to write a script, you're always just almost like it feels like the first time. It's it a, never goes away. It's a it's an odd show. I mean, I was on it since season two, and you know as late as season seven or eight, I would write a script and go I don't get it you know it's it's, it's we would have the same reaction to your scripts as yes. well it's, 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 pretty, <laughs> it's pretty, really, it's pretty consistent off, really across consistent. the boards yeah it's uniquely challenging it's this weird balancing act of many different things um, and uh, uh, you know there's very few people who, who we found who can can do it um, we're still looking for other people to blame uh, for our mistakes but um you know, I, I think at this point it's in our DNA. I mean, you sit down and you, 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 you're, you're writing with 200 episodes in your head somewhere. As you look back, anything you would do over? For this season? No, from past seasons. Nah, we, you know, we did okay. Well, I think in season six, I wouldn't have made, I, I would have argued yes. stronger against having Jack have this rich family. You know, I, I just uh, I thought that was kind of like I think the show that season kind of slightly went off the rails a little bit there, but there was some still some great stuff in it. But I mean, I think that's the one thing that I would argue against is it try felt. to is try to not make Jack come from like a butler. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. look back on it, really, once guys. Once Jack's you know. dead, you know, it, it it felt good on paper, but that I think when it was played, yeah. 
it was somehow un, uh, 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 didn't play. It yeah, when Jack calls false. up and is literally a butler and like Smedley answering the phone. <laughs> this is not how the, the background that I envisioned yeah, for Jack Bauer at yeah, all. Yeah, it's but. somehow disappointing <laughs> that this heroic martyr-like figure came from great wealth and. Yeah, I, I think he, should, he would have been more interesting had he I risen up from the streets or something like you know. Sure. But anyway, anyway, but that's just one thing. But Jack's been also through some pretty crazy plot twists. Do you have a favorite or a most memorable plot twist over the course of those 200 episodes? I know mine is. Uh, mine is when he was flying the plane with the nuclear bomb and George appears in the back. George Mason. And episode, George Mason. And, uh, season 2, episode 16 or 15? Something like something that, like yeah. That. yeah. And, you know, That's saves Jack from, uh, from blowing up... Uh, blowing himself up heroically and then George you know Mason takes over and, and what was great about that arc is that he started off as cowardly because he was trying to escape LA because there was a bomb and he ended up getting you know radiated so he was dying so he comes back to CTU because he's got to, he's going to die anyway and ends up being the one who flies the bomb in heroically and saving the day it was one of the great arcs of the series yeah. as, far, as yeah. far as I'm concerned thank you Jack Bauer even, even, <laughs> the, first, even the first episode of that season um, you know You've got eleven episode that ends with "Get me a hacksaw." Yeah, I mean, I I, 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 I I came on the series like six or seven episodes in that year, and so I, you know, the, the guy showed it to me, and I was like, "Oh my god!" That's <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> you can't do that, and you know, he shot a guy in cold blood. It <laughs> wasn't even the hacksaw was like a, it was like a joke, blood. but the fact that he just shot a guy in cold blood in front, and you know, moments later, and he's the hero, right? And he's the hero. <laughs> he's Jack, but Bauer. he was a child molester, so it was like it didn't, you know. <laughs> No, right. there was a lot, a lot of tears over that right. one. The deck was <laughs> slightly stacked. Um, what's the hardest part of being a showrunner? Juggling um, everything. Yeah, juggling everything. You, uh, you know, you have editing, you have writing, you have actors calling, texting from the set yeah. <laughs> constantly. You have cuts that need to be reviewed. Casting. You know, casting. You have, you know, this is when, when the series really gets going. It's, it's tough. Now, 24, I'll tell you, it's, it's uh, one real challenge is that because of the real time, because you're telling one story, once you choose your road, you're right. down that road. It's not like you can switch episodes in the middle. I mean, you, you know, elegantly. You're, the train is, off, is, is going down the tracks that you chose and so you, this is what you've committed to. So you better be right at the beginning. That was one of the things I'm talking about, like season six. It's like once we chose Jack's you know, rich family, you had to run that, right. <laughs> go down that path wherever it led. And so that's a big challenge, is getting it right at the beginning so that you don't uh, end up you know, fly, running right. off the runway. And, and, and similarly, you can't get too far ahead of yourself on scripts because if you have, let's say you're three scripts ahead and the first script isn't the story doesn't work well then you have to throw out large chunks of the next two scripts so you do your best and you know but every once in a while you hit one that like you know what this really should have worked and it didn't work and that's going to affect the next two episodes and it is what it is and you got to move fast i think the other thing that is it can be difficult is i think that the best work is done when you have a little perspective when you're able to step aside you know step away look at it again and, you know, when it gets down into the serious crunch, there is no time to step away. How do you two divide up what you do? Who, how do you decide who does what? Whoever can run away faster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just happens naturally. Just happens, it's just, yeah. We, we yeah. do a lot of stuff together. And uh, actually, most of the stuff we do together. Yeah. And uh, when things get crunched, that's when we divide and conquer. You know, when we write a script together, we'll typically split it into acts and then get together and rewrite them together or swap them or whatever works. It's, 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 yeah. it's very fluid. Um, my wife was listening to us write uh, Sunday night, and she goes, you guys, she goes, it's so calm. You know, the trade-off <laughs> of ideas and that's better, that's better. She, goes, she, was just very, she was very struck at how calm it was. <laughs> it was just like two guys like in sync, kind of like this, but kind of try this, try this, try this, try this. Okay, move on. So I was, I was sort of proud of that. Have you ever disagreed? Oh, yeah. But about this show. Not about life. <laughs> <laughs> about scars? <laughs> about the show, about, about stories. But, but we're, we're, we're pretty good. I mean, there are times when, you know, someone feels stronger about something than the other person and then, then you know that's usually for a good reason it's usually when I'm, I have the right idea and yes. I have to try it's to it's usually when I'm wrong I think it's Manny's point to, uh, you know. 
<laughs> it makes for a happy show-running marriage. Excellent. So one last question. Um, if you could have been in any writer's room in TV history, what writer's mm. room would you want to be in? Mm, well, I would say the original Star Trek, only they didn't have a writer's room back then. Right. <laughs> it was all freelance. God, that's a good question. I would say next, genera- next Generation Season 4. Star Trek now. I'm a Star Trek fan, mm-hmm. so I might as well just go to that. Next Generation Season 4 was when, because uh, the first three seasons were apparently disastrous. They didn't have a writer's room. And it was Gene Roddenberry running it, and it was you know. So they they brought in this writer who kind of I forgot it, his name just escaped me. Who established the first writers' room in Star Trek so history? Wasn't basically. Pillar, wasn't it? Michael Pillar. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yes, yeah, Michael yeah. Pillar. And so I would have loved to have been in that room. That right. would have been great because that was really where the, the series and you know the entire franchise took off from that point. I like um, it. This is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, Boardwalk Empire. Ooh, interesting choice. Sopranos, Game of Thrones. I don't know if Game of Thrones has a writer's room, but if they do, that I'd, you know, that I'd, that's probably it. Just, just, just how literate everything is and well structured everything is. And I'd love to know how those guys approach the source material and adapting it. Because on one hand, it's this huge gift. They have thousands of pages of novels, but it's also, I'm sure, a, a, you know, a box, a cage on some level. Perfect. Sounds good. Well, congratulations, guys. Looking forward to seeing more of 24 Legacy. Thanks Thank for you. coming in. Thank Thanks for having you. me. So that's what executive producers Manny Cotto and Evan Katz revealed about why they decided to bring back 24. We also got the chance to talk to the new star of 24, Kari Hawkins. Here's what he had to say about stepping into the starring role. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum, Variety's executive editor of TV, and I'm here with Kari Hawkins, the star of new 24 Legacy. Yeah. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to talk to you. So tell me, how'd you get the news that you were cast? Uh, well, I was, uh, we were in Vietnam. No, we were in Australia at that point, um, shooting Kong Skull Island uh, for Warner Brothers. And I got a call that they wanted me to read the script for 24 and uh, for 24 Legacy. And um, I was like, Really? <laughs> I guess that was like my first uh, reaction. And then they, they, so yeah, they said they wanted me to read the script. And I, I read it because they, they had been fans from um, Compton. And so I read it and they, I loved it. It sort of lifted off the page in the way that only a 24 script can do. And I started to just, I remember reading it and thinking about all the ways that, you know, that we could play and bring Eric Carter to, to life and to, to the screen. And so it's, it was it was from that moment that the collaborative process of building building the character um, initiated. Were you a fan of the original 24? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was a super fan. I mean, I was like a... <clears throat> I think uh, somebody today, one of the journalists who did some very diligent research, said I was 13 when the first episode aired. <laughs> so, That's a math. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. Uh, but I remember because I was in school and I, I remember we would go to school uh, that every Monday or every Tuesday. And um, uh, and it was, you know, the conversation, you know, all the, that that was the focal point on Monday. So or Tuesdays, I guess. So, yeah, I was a fan. So tell me about Eric Carter. He is not Jack Bauer. Uh, he is definitely not Chuck Bauer. Um, Eric's a, Eric is a, uh, and this is the thing that interested me about playing this this character. He's a he's a former Army Ranger. When we find him at the beginning of this, uh, when we find him at the beginning of the story, he is living in witness or sort of federal witness protection, and he's. Um, you know, after completing a mission similar to the Bin Laden raid, so uh, successfully, um, he's living with his wife, and he has a white picket fence, and uh, he's sort of living the American dream, and everything seems good. And then, uh, slowly, his family starts, uh, or, or his friends, his squad members, they start dying around him, their families, and he slowly starts to realize that he's could very quickly be next, and his wife, and so everything starts to kind of unravel um, from there. So, yeah. 
You find out he's got a complicated past. Yeah, I find out he's got a pretty complicated past, and he is. Uh, and, and but that's going to continue to 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 develop over the course of the season. Um, but it's really, it's just, it's. It's just fun to be able to play with that and to literally live moment to moment to moment to moment. Like that's all you have. That's the luxury you have working on a show that is real time. Um, and uh, and so that's all going to kind of build out as we continue, you know, developing the story. You mentioned it was a collaborative process. Describe that. How did you work with the producers in creating Eric Carter? Uh, um, so from the beginning, it was uh, it was like you know from the um just fr- just from the beginning i remember in australia there was uh like we we just we started talking because i grew up in washington dc um in southeast washington dc and so that became a part and my mother's also a police officer um and has been my whole life and so that collaborative process started there and we started developing sort of you know i looked at the script and i would you know, make sort of, you know, inquiries into sort of the authenticity of certain things, certain, um, you know, places, certain the tone of, of, of as described in the script. Like we would really hash those things out and they were so open to um, to 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 really dedicating or putting putting thought into Eric's surroundings, the culture, you know, his family and, and where he comes from um, and honoring that. And I appreciated that. And then as we've been building in terms of shooting the episodes, it's been just it's just been amazing. Like if there's script changes or there's character arcs that that don't feel right or do feel right, like we can literally I can call Howard and Evan and Manny up and and we can all have this uh, creative conversation that and, and it just feels so fluid, you know, um, and they let us do the job that we as actors because we know these characters better than sometimes better than most times better than they do because we're living with them 24 seven. Um, and, uh, whereas, you know, they're writing for all these different characters. So it's, uh, it's been really fluid in that way. And, um, and Kiefer actually sort of mentioned, you know, continuing to let, to let the, the, the character and let Eric surprise me and, and the new, new script surprise me. Uh, so that's been good too. That's been really good. Talk about working with Kiefer Sutherland. I know he's an executive producer on the project. Was he on set? Was he available to you? No, no, no. He's busy. He's busy. Off, True. He's got know. his own TV yeah, he's, show. He's got his own, uh, you know, uh, mountain that he's he's working on too. So, um, but the the gift that he gave me, I didn't seek out. I, when I first started, I wanted to kind of find the challenges and what it was to not only be, uh, you know, a lead actor on the show, the lead actor on the show, but but also what it means to be number one on the call sheet and 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 humble myself in that way too because there's a lot of responsibility in setting the tone. Um, but Kiefer sort of really um, just said, you know, you have to you have to pace yourself, you know, because he knows this thing better than anybody, <laughs> like literally better than anybody. He is uh, he, he was keyed in, in in a way that that. I am slowly, you know, trying to get to. And it's great because I'm starting in the same way that he started, asking questions and figuring it out and finding what works and what doesn't work and stumbling and, and making mistakes and succeeding in some ways. And, uh, and, um, and and he's just been like, you have to be fearless. You have to own it. And you have to, um, but most of, uh, most of all, you have to let the character surprise you because i'm i I like to kind of control things sometimes and as actors that can sometimes be the death of you you know what i mean when you try to know everything about it and not be curious but that curiosity is the thing that keeps you uh keeps it fresh and keeps audiences coming back for more because you know you just you just there's deep there's so many levels to who eric is and you start off in such a good place and then slowly his the skeletons in his closet you know so he was just like let it let it surprise you man let it have fun and and that's what i'm doing that's good advice yeah yeah, it was good it's good advice and then we you know talked about a lot of other stuff too but it's just uh it's just been great kind of having his support you know because i was such a huge fan of his what was the experience like of making the tv show for you um it's been it's just been incredibly rewarding 
and and uh and challenging in some ways too um because there this is a new version of this this is a new so it's sort of a re you know uh, it's hard to say a reboot because it's it's feels very very fresh you know and uh but the challenge is just is 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 keeping it uh keeping it alive and keeping it moving and keeping it keeping it fresh you know um it just it there's so many things that kind of come up i mean in terms of in terms of the script in terms of developing it and and not falling into a pattern of what we knew about the old 24 you know this is something that is brand new and not also not trying to be something not trying to be so different that it it misses the mark you know you need to bring the thing that that the fans love but slowly introduce but slowly bring it back with this this these new characters and and introduce them in the way that they got to be introduced when they first fell in love with the show. And from what I've, you know, the fans that I've talked to, they've just been like, we're falling in love again with these, with this show. It's like a, a love, love of story back to the old. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a very <laughs> intense action sort of love story, but you know, um, that harkens back to the original, you know? No, I get what you're saying. It like what I keep saying is it feels very familiar. You've got mm-hmm. the 24 tropes, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the sort of, is there a mole and yeah. CTU kind yeah. of idea? There's yeah. that, you know, the ticking clock, yeah. but you've got this whole new set of characters to fall in love with that's or right. to get angry at or to root for or not root for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, that's the, um, that's the stuff that we want to continue just investigating and, and, and letting the audience, cause there's a responsibility there. This is a big franchise and it's a, but it right now in terms of what it feels like to shoot this show right now, it feels like we're down there doing our little, indie show like that's what it feels like for us because we're all you know we're a bunch of actors actors like we like to talk about the script until we're until we're blue in the face it's like you know we'll talk about the color of the desk like and and how that and you know just just we we're very detail oriented down there and it's like we're down there making our own little thing and and that's what makes it special is because you know all of the buzz is going on around it but that we're just focused on making doing justice to who the, to these characters i guess you know so, yeah. it makes sense yeah. and but your character in particular and certainly your fa- you know the, your character's family mm-hmm. they've got their own personal lives and their exactly. own personal issues too that are going to come into play can you talk a little bit about that yeah i mean well there is a bit of a love triangle <laughs> between uh eric his wife and his brother and uh you know eric's wife you'll you know sort of learn was um in a relationship with eric's brother when they were younger and when everything starts to go haywire the first person he the only person he knows he can trust who he can turn to outside of himself is his family and and that's very true of a lot of us no matter what we're going through we always kind of go back to that no matter how messy it can be and that will continue to open in that door reopening that door will continue to 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 uh scratch away at Eric's core at their relation at the core of their relationship until you know you know you, you we see a man trying to fight for his relationship but also trying to fight for the responsibility that he has as a as a soldier as a as a uh you know soldier to this country um the guilt he might feel you see him trying to fight for that but losing something else you know and that that balance is really really tricky because on 24 you don't have time to emote and and deal with stuff because stuff just keeps happening. It keeps happening. I'll just you don't so. have time to go to the bathroom and read on twenty four. No, That's another no. twenty four rule. I keep joking. I'm like, I, I want to just pull out a, um, a granola bar, <laughs> like snack or like some uh, some t- energy fuel. I don't know. So you know, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, but it's it's going to be interesting how how those relationships kind of fall apart or or don't fall apart or fall apart and the pieces get picked back up and and you keep going despite the messiness of it you know um in addition to like that's the thing in addition to literally every se- i mean every other minute there's something crazy that's happening that's threatening this country that's you know there's a bigger picture but at the heart of it you care about these guys cuz you care about Eric and you care about Nicole and Isaac and 
and you root, you're, you don't know who to root for, you know? Right. You don't know who to root for. You don't know who to trust. Yeah, you don't know just yet. And then as the season goes on, as the quote unquote day goes on, you start to realize very quickly who you can trust and who you can't trust. And, uh, and it'll surprise us. And, and it surprises us when we read the scripts, too, I got to be honest. So what I realized, too, is because we're doing your rather than the usual 24 episodes of 24, they're packed into 12. And yes. you feel that tension packed into yeah. those 12 episodes. Yes. I mean, the two that I've seen so far. Yeah. Oh, you got to see. Oh, yes. OK. I got to see. Two, <laughs> not to gloat, but. Um, mm. Yeah, I think uh, uh, that's the thing. There's no filler. There's no time to uh, there's no time to kind of sit back and, and, you know, and then and then, but but it makes those moments where you do get to see inside of who these people are. It makes those moments all like just that much more, you know, you know, in your first episode, you got to capture the audience. You got to capture uh, the spirit of the show. And then as you continue, you got to, you know, and you got to you got to keep that going. But you also got to find those moments. You got to fight for those moments where the character can really be who he is and not have to deal with everything else and watch it all fall apart. You know what I mean? Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit, too, about the themes of the show. I mean, when 24 first came out, we Mm -hmm. weren't used to dealing, you know, the the things that happened on the show seemed so outrageous. And now we're living in a world where it's not crazy that things get hacking or, you know, we're reading this stuff in the headlines every day. We are. I mean, we know it just literally would just happen at the the sort of tragic event that just happened at the the airport in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, it's literally... Uh, nothing is outside of 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 the realm of sadly outside of the realm of possibility now, and it's really um, as 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 beautiful as the show was in things like uh, President Palmer, you know, and 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 uh, uh, or David Palmer, you know, in predicting that sort of kind of thing, the possibility of that. It's still art imitating life in 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 watching, you know, these these independent you know these sort of self-radicalized people and how do you how do you um uh how do you fight that how do you how do you combat that how do you you know where is what 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 is that conversation and and that's something that we're really inside of right now and it's scary it really is scary that the show as we continue to shoot i mean we're not trying to to play into it we're not trying to push sort of agenda of it it's sort of it's really just letting where we are speak through the show and 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 that's the thing that you know that terrorism is is fought in a completely different way than it was back in 2001 2000 or 2000 when the when the show first aired in 2001 like it's it's a completely different thing and we are trying to figure out how to you know uh, how to just talk about that and and not just talk about it on the day that it happens and maybe on the day after it happens, but how do we continue the conversation um, and the bigger picture about that stuff? And I think a show like this is a way to do it without shoving it down people's throats, without, you know, by, by keeping the conversation going, um, sort of a medicine, you know, sort of to sort of sugar to sort of ease it down. But, but um, it's a complicated sort of, world that we live in and so it's a complicated show and you don't want to be too politically correct either you know uh so we're so that's the challenge of navigating it too you know mm-hmm, a little course. bit i think you mentioned dennis habert's casting as president palmer yes what does that mean for you for your own casting what is that message um i think it was <laughs> you know that it, to be honest i read the script the script was great the, for the pilot and um but the thing that really hooked me was the idea of seeing somebody who looked like me as a hero without superpowers, you know, without uh, uh, someone who wasn't always, you know, right, you know, who who might be doing the wrong thing, who somebody who just is 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 us, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're black or or Asian or or. Hispanic or whatever your race, it doesn't matter because you you know that feeling. You know you know what it feels to to love and to lose and to and the and guilt. You know all of those things. You just get to see it through this guy's scope. 
you know, and that was interesting to me. That was a responsibility that I felt like I had to tackle and that I wanted to just kind of um, jump into and 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 swim around in and see what happens. Like, I don't know where it's going to go, but I know that I would have been remiss not to have said yes and to this to the possibility because I'm looking at television. I'm, I'm listening. I'm looking at film today in the scope. I'm looking at Meryl Streep's speech and I'm listening to Viola's speech and all of her speeches, you know, and uh, and and you you hear what they're saying and and it speaks to you on a way it says, well, how do I do that within what I'm doing? Where's my my role of responsibility? And although we're making this big, entertaining sort of uh, this genre um, show, it has to come back to that. And so that was crucial for me. In, in taking it on and and I'm just um uh, you know we'll see what happens but I'm I am honored to do it and and I hope that the fans give it a chance and and see that it's not just about race I am black my character is black Eric Carter is black that is what it is that's just what it is you deal with it or you don't and from then on you know it's about who is the human that we relate to you know that's important for me Absolutely. So without giving away how it ends, Mm -hmm. will there be a next season for you? Should Fox renew the show? Should Fox renew the show? Uh, Yeah, they better renew the show. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, they better renew this thing as long as we're working on this show. Um, And that's that's also up to – it's up to the fans too, you know, but but I think – the conversation is going to deepen as we continue. I mean, like this, this show is going to get uh, just the possibilities that we've been discussing about what season two looks like already before season one is even aired. Um, It's just because that's the thing. It's only, it's only one day. That's the thing. So it's like, one very bad day, one very (laughs) bad day. I mean, it's a whole season for for viewers, but what's going to happen tomorrow? How do you pick the pieces back up? What's going to happen in a week? Maybe a year down the line is the next day. Maybe it's four years down the line and Carter is, uh, what's his going to be his relationship to counterterrorism? Is he going to like it? Is he going to, you know, the sort of big brother aspect of it? You know, there's so many possibilities. Could we see a completely flipped version? Is is his relationship with Nicole going to stay with his wife? You know, um, Rebecca, what's going to happen with Jimmy Smith's character? Is he, will he become president? You know, will he become president? You know, uh, we will see. And and that's the that is the that's the hook. And that's the thing, because it's the same thing when we turn on the news. It's like, well, what's going to happen? You know what I mean? What's 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 happening tomorrow? You know, what's happening in the next few hours? You get news about this and that. And so it taps into all of that stuff. We better get a season two. <laughs> I hope we get a season two. Um, I think the show deserves it. I think the fan deserves it. I think this cast and crew and, and everybody uh, working on it deserves it. So um, I think these characters deserve it. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> Judging by the response so far, I think you're good to go. Thank you. I hope so. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks. It's been fun. If you can't have Jack Bauer, you couldn't do better than the very charming Corey Hawkins. Speaking of charming, as one more bonus, I chatted with Jimmy Smits, a familiar face to TV fans, who plays an ambitious presidential candidate in the new 24. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum, Variety's executive editor of TV, and I'm here with Jimmy Smits, the star of New 24 Legacy. Hi, Deb. How are you? Thanks for having me. Sure. Thanks so much for joining me. Clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. You need a little... <laughs> so tell me, why do you want to join 24? Why? Why? Good script, first and foremost. It was just, The stuff was on the page. I was a fan of the show from its previous incarnation. Um so the kids and the uh, nephews and the grandchild all said, they're doing another 24? Yeah, and you know that guy that was in Straight Outta Compton who played Dre? Yeah, he's going to be the lead in this. And they're Hard open, to say no. Opening the show up. And, and uh, seriously, the, the fact that uh, there was a comfort zone on the performance aspect of it, knowing that 
somebody like Stephen Hopkins, who directed the original 24 pilot, was doing this, and it's going to kind of like steer the ship in the right direction. And, you know, Howard Gordon, who's involved in Homeland and had been involved, involved in 24, it was going to be on, on board. You know, Evan Katz and Manny Cotto, who wrote, 50, 60 episodes of the... Uh, there's a comfort level there. They know how to do this. And the show has a very kind of like specific uh, visual template to it that I think changed the way people watch TV when it first aired, you know. And you remember the first airing of that show was uh, just before 9-11. Right. So content-wise, just think about how things have changed worldwide since then so story-wise for them it opens it up and that they just as a fan of the show it always i I love the fact that cherry jones you know uh, palmer dennis haysbert yeah then then was the first there's a rich history they, they they have they have that as part of the show's dna so when I read that script for this incarnation of it, which is kind of like an expansion of the universe, I it's not like I'm, and I love what Kiefer did, but I'm not missing that character. I love that this, that the character that Corey's playing is somebody who has a certain skill set, but kind of get gets pulled into the situation. He's not like a CIA op- operative that has it all, you know, together and bag of tricks and and has this really um, delineated relationship with his family. Um, and I love the fact that there were the that the women characters were all kind of very empowered and mo- and not just in in title because you know you get a lot of uh, and I'm sensitive to that being of my own ethnicity is that to have a character that has a particular title but doesn't really move the story along or just gets things done to them, these women, they move the story forward. Absolutely. So those, all of those things were in the, in, in the mix for me. And, you know, my, and my character only appears in about two minutes and 30 seconds of the pilot. So it was talking and dialoguing with these guys about what the potential of the relationship between Rebecca Ingram, played by Miranda Otto, and my character would be and how on this particular day, this power couple, power political couple, their relationship is tested to the max, politically, personally, their whole belief system. It was, it's interesting. So tell us about your character. Who who is he? What's his story? What are we going to see from him? His name is John Donovan. He is um, a senator who is aspiring to higher office, who is married to Rebecca Ingram, who is the former uh, head of head director of CTU, counterterrorism unit, that all 24 fans know about. And uh, on this particular day, they've made sacrifices in their relationship. You know, backstory-wise, they've made sacrifices in their relationship in terms of who is... Uh, doing what at the forefront. She was involved as the director of CTU in a very uh, engaging kind of hunt for a particular terrorist person who was caught, and she got accolades because of that. And in turn, their relationship, the decision was made that now would be the most opportune time as a couple to go for higher office because of that dynamic and his particular knowledge and popularity in, in, in politics. But on so that's the springboard. And on that particular on this particular day where the show starts its first hour, a lot of things go south. And everything is tested. All these things are tested in their relationship and their love and their beliefs. Well that's the world of twenty four. It wouldn't be twenty four without that. Nothing is what it seems. Right. How much did the producers lay out for you about the arc of your character? We talked about what we wanted to do. 
the terrain of a modern relationship when two people are were both working and are successful in what they do, what they have to traverse with their jobs and how that affects the relationship. That was the core of the conversations. Uh, and we talked about people who were successful in politics, couples that were successful in politics and in other areas in entertainment, and how how interesting it is to maybe be a fly in the wall and hear what the relationship is at home as opposed to, you know, out there on the stump. Did you have specific input or direction on what you, what you wanted your character to do? Well, I was sensitive to the fact that he was a senator aspiring to higher office because I have this West Wing thing that just keeps going. But, you know, they tr these these shows travels in, travel in totally different lanes. So I thought that that was going to be an issue in our conversations. That was coming from me, but it hasn't been at really at all. If anything, it's kind of like another dimension, <laughs> if you will. But, you know, the show is not doesn't live and breathe in a kind of like political atmosphere of uh, exploring what a campaign is all about or, you know, the intimate politics and innuendos of politics that West Wing covered. This is more an action genre show that has to have very well delineated characters. When you have that, it just engages the audience even more. Because as you said, we've only seen two and a half minutes in the pilot. So all we've seen so far is the tension in their relationship. Does he have his own agenda that he's going to be pursuing beyond just sort of the conflict in their relationship? Uh, I don't know if you could say his own agenda, but uh, because of what happens, you you start finding out that he is more than indirectly involved, and his family ties are involved unknowingly at first, and that starts affecting the relationship between him and his wife. Talk about working with Miranda Otto. What is she like as a scene partner? It's been a joy so far, really, really so far. But it's it's been it's been it's been great because you know actors have this breaking the ice period, and you have to kind of like find a way to each other. Um, and I, I think I'm a huge fan of what she did on on Homeland. She was a great baddie. You know, she, she was fantastic. Yeah. And and she gets to exercise a different kind of muscle here so far, right? Um, but I, I think the fact that the in for us was that uh, we both have theater backgrounds, and she only, and not only has a theater background herself, but her family. She comes from you know in Australia that her dad and her whole family is like involved in the theater. So uh, this dynamic about talking up being able to talk about the characters and their backstory which we kind of needed as uh the kindling for the fire that was about to start to burn we were both into doing that so that helped break the ice on so many different levels did you do any research yourself i mean to prepare yourself for the part in in the sense of like having to hang out with politics you know i I had I was able to cover a lot of that with with, with you've got a resume that proves it yeah. Um, talk about making twenty four. I mean, this was sort of done before the election, before we you know existed in this world. Mm -hmm. Now it's being shown in a world post election. What does that mean for you? That that it's being shown post election. Yeah. Well, they're very good about not, and and the creators of the show are very divergent in their political. Where, uh, where their political leanings are, but they're very good. And I think because of that, they're very good about ha not having the show be political. Uh, although, I mean, there are storylines. I think that, uh, I don't know how much, where. There, there's like a storyline that relates to my family and how to obtain information. Okay? And that topic becomes a political discourse on both sides. How far to go to obtain information? How far to go to obtain information. Interesting. Yeah. 
No, that's it's 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 like gut wrenching at some points because it's the we're we're exploring those topics, but there's personal stuff that's a lot of personal stuff that's involved as well. It's amazing how prescient they were. It's amazing how how prescient they were. Just you know, yeah. but I guess it's, you know this is all the stuff that's in the headlines and everything that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and in a lot of ways, uh, above the curve, you know, before the curve, if if you will, you know. Exactly. I mean, it feels like, you know, and one of the things we just keep talking about as I've been talking with everyone from 24 is, you know, 24, the original version was made and some of the things felt maybe a little bit outrageous or outlandish, but now we're existing in a world when it's all the stuff that we're reading in headlines every day. It's all happened, yeah. It's all happening. Yeah, that that's uh, so true. So true. Never, it never ceases to amaze me. But you know, I I do constantly remind myself that that this is an an action genre piece that has those kind of overtones. Uh, it's not espousing uh, political rhetoric. It's entertainment. Yeah. How do you think fans are going to respond to it? Um, you know, I, I get that question a lot. Of, like, do you feel the pressure and? I, I alluded before about my concerns being allayed with regards to the creative element of the writers and the producers and the director. Um, and it was very eye-opening to me when we went to Comic-Con uh, in New York um, because we showed like 20 minutes of the of the pilot. And that was a little nerve-wracking in the beginning because the, that you know that the Comic-Con audience, their history is all about being very vociferous about their feelings about... They don't shy away from letting you know how they feel. That's right. Whether it's you know your choice about casting or trying to uh, talk about a certain lore of characters or any kind of genres, they will tell you. And that was a real nice... Um, Affirmment and pat on the back for the cast to witness them being won over watching the first twenty minutes. When the when the iconic clock came on, when the you know the different boxes came on, that the fans were like, they they know that they love that, but to be to watch them being won over by Anna Diop's badass character when she picks up a gun and just like ices somebody to you know to try to protect herself and save her man or you know Miranda's uh, head of CTU being very affirmative and they I, I I literally felt the vibe and felt them being won over and uh, and just just to use it in my term given a lot of love it was it was great for the cast because we're we're working in isolation we were like in Atlanta so we're not part of the you know, the Hollywood bubble you know and uh, that and then when we got the call that uh, Fox was deciding to premiere it on Super Bowl Sunday it was like okay we're like we're in the zone we're in the zip code here <laughs> this is real it's happening yeah yeah and just you know just and Corey has been a joy to watch um, because he's super talented but he's got his head in the right place his there you know he's he's about the work and he's acknowledges the ensemble and knows that the, you know it's like we're all spokes in the wheel and uh he's he's really he's he's been he's been a great like number one as they say in in you know entertainment parlance uh uh, and he's passing that down to the rest of the the youngins that are working on the uh, on the cast there. So I'm I'm very appreciative to uh, on that aspect of it because it makes the work days easier. Of course, you're putting in long hours on the set, yeah. and they say it comes down from the top. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. What can you tease about what's in store for the rest of the season? Um, wow, um, I did. I did mention, so I mentioned something about, uh, I alluded to how far you would go to get information. So that's, that's, that's good. That's a good that's, one. I'll that take story that. line is going to go in a lot of different directions. Um, Will you make it to Inauguration Day? I guess it's one day. It's so. one day. So that's really not going to happen in this. It's in not going to happen in this, in this and hour. Not in this, in this, in this hour. Day. In this day. Right. Um, the fact that they're bringing uh, 
Tony Almeida, Carlos Bernardo's character back, was, uh, was met with great kind of fan reception. So, uh, I mean, that, that, that was a nice tease. And I got to do some work with him, and he was, he was great. He was, he was great. And, and really loved the fact that uh, he, he was getting another run at this, you know. It must be fun for you as a 24 fan to see him back on the set. Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what was fun for me is to, is to be on the, the, our new revamped, uh, you know, CTU uh, digs. Um, even though I'm not there, I'm not, well, my, actually my character is in the latter episodes, I'm there a lot. But uh, they, they, they did a nice job uh, with the production values. As a part of the expression, veteran of many TV shows, how does this come? <laughs> you mean like an old guy. <laughs> I, I meant that in a Shorthand complimentary way. You've um, been on some of my favorites. How does this compare for you to some of your other TV experiences? Oh, well, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? Sure. So um, I'm having a great time right now because the ensemble is really tight and um, and they like talking about the work and... Everybody's head is in the right place. I mentioned that with Corey, but it, it's it's all over. It goes all over. So, I mean, right now I'm 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 digging that, and I guess I'll be able to assess it more, um, you know, down the line. But with regards to the other characters that I've played, I like the fact that I'm doing something different in the sense of being in a different genre, which is you know, it's this kind of like action oriented thing and. I had to take a lot of a leave this morning because I was. I spent yesterday doing laps, uh, getting chased. So yeah, you know, it's those those things. It's that's, that stuff is fun to do. Fantastic. And should it return for a season two, would you be back for it? Mm, I'm on board. Excellent. I'm there. Looking, I will be there. Looking forward to seeing you. Well, Thanks, it's been man. a pleasure talking to you. Thank Thanks you so much. much. Thanks. listening to this week's show. We'll be back next week with another great episode. We're talking to the cast and creators of The Good Fight, the new spinoff of one of my favorite shows, The Good Wife. This has been Remote Controlled, only on Variety. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.